Okay, testing. Well, I wrote an article this week and tweeted it out. Charlie gave me about a like on every single one, and that's about it. A few people saw it. No one responded. But what are you going to do? So this is the audio version of that article and tweet thread. Um, and this is about censorship uh, will exist as long as content is monetized by third-party ads. Uh, advertising equals censorship. This is something I stole from Adam Curry. Basically, the idea is, you know, you're pairing uh, companies like McDonald's and Nike with random content creators on YouTube, Instagram, wherever it may be. Uh, that will always lead to some so, some form of censorship, whether it be anything that's kind of a little bit outside the box of what the social norms would is acceptable, and that box seems to be getting smaller and smaller. Uh, or even right down to, you know, even something benign is recommending a product, um, you know, on a podcast or something like that. Uh, technically a censorship because maybe like a better product, but you can't talk about it uh, because, uh, you know, the advertisers are paying the bills. So the idea is that, you know, mass media is a model built on uh, definitely by advertisers. Uh, and, and so those third parties are the ones paying the bills. So they kind of ultimately dictate what kind of content can be made. And that doesn't lend itself to a free society where we are trying to find truth together. And that can only really happen through debate. Um, and everyone kind of being able to throw out whatever ideas they think are approximating the truth. And then we all discuss those things. If, we're, if we have topics that are off limits, then we'll never be able to you know, come close to the approximate truth, which you can never really reach, in my opinion. Um, so that's the setup. And then from there we go i'm just looking at this thread it fucking sucks god damn it it's all over the place how do i see this there we go i don't know how to use twitter yet that's probably part of part of the issue but um all right so uh then i go into you know basically from there okay so the idea is that if we want to beat mass media legacy media advertising based media we have to provide some sort of better experience now podcasting is great uh blogs are awesome okay but but ultimately you have to provide a better experience for consumers and what a, what a consumers or fans or people really crave to paraphrase um lee jin lee jin i think is her name uh people crave connection and relationships um and so there's numerous studies that kind of support this that people are lonely, more lonely than ever you know, reported 36% of all Americans, including 61% of young adults, feel serious loneliness. And this is not just due to the pandemic. I mean, this is an ongoing issue over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and so certainly people are craving connection out there. Um, and so I think that basically uh, podcasts and niche media, new media, is positioned to address that in a unique way compared to mass media. They have a, a huge advantage because of the fact that it, they're very niche um, and therefore they're automatic interest sorters. So the idea is that, you know, kind of the bedrock of any solid relationship uh, is that you have common interests with someone, you know, whether it be a friend or a loved one or just an acquaintance. Typically what sparks that friendship is, is the fact that you have common interests or it's, you know, the fact that the relationship can last a long time is you have common interests. And the second would be shared experiences. So right away, take any niche podcast. If I pluck three fan, two fans out of, you know, an audience of, you know, some random niche podcast, 
they're going to automatically have probably three or four things in common right off the bat. So these new new media um, outlets, whatever you want to call them, these podcasts, these YouTube channels, they're automatic interest stories. So that's a, already a huge advantage um, that they can play into when providing what people crave, which is connections. Um, the second part of, of, you know, really the bedrock of a good relationship beyond common interest would be shared experience. So again, we already have shared experience here with just by the fact that maybe these two fans listen to the same podcast every week. Um, they follow the same Instagram account, whatever it may be. That's a shared experience right off the bat. Um, obviously it's not maybe enough to sustain a relationship, but it's, it's, it's a start and that you have something that you can share and talk about. Um, and then, so really the, the, what I'm kind of trying to get at is, okay, well, so you have kind of those, those two components of a solid relationship or connection already covered um, just by the fact that these new media outlets are very niche and catering to specific interests and uh, providing experiences that people are, are sharing. So what, what's missing? Why aren't people becoming, you know, kind of finding connections through uh, whatever new media or podcast they listen to. And I think what these podcasts are failing to do is, is kind of ignite these dormant connections, uh, these, these, you know, pre-qualified, ready-to-go friendships uh, because they're, they're failing to do the last essential ingredient, which is um, to spark interaction between their fans and, and audience members. And there's a number of ways to do that, and... If there's any interest, which I know I'll literally be the only one listening to this, but uh, just to pretend for a second that I have an audience myself, um, I would go into examples. Uh, happy to cover examples about, you know, what podcasts are really doing a good job in facilitating these interactions. So um, I call it like an increased interaction opportunities between fans, um, and I draw the parallel with John Taffer, uh, who is, if you, if you don't know him, he's uh guy that did bar rescue and you know so we'll go into bars and try to rescue shitty bars and turn them around and he is the inventor or at least coined the phrase butt funnel and a butt funnel is a good time what it is is a high traffic area in a nightclub uh that is purposely made very small so that people bump into each other so that's kind of that that increased interaction opportunity they're they're doing that consciously these bars um, and he's got a quote is like, I, I, you know, I, I bet that, uh, you know, a few marriages out there started in a butt funnel, which is hilarious. Um, and that's great. So like, you know, they're intentionally creating these small spaces in a high traffic area, which we think is less efficient or whatever, but really the purpose is, is a social interaction because, you know, you might bump into someone, whatever. It's just, it forces interaction. And so uh, really, I kind of think that podcasters, new media outlets, anything that's niche content should be creating sort of, if you will, digital butt funnels. Um, and there's, I think there's a number of actually good examples out there that I'll cover next week when I talk about uh, examples of, of kind of thriving podcast communities. And by, by thriving communities, really my measure of a thriving community, which is a such an overused word, which I don't really know what it means. It just means like audience, I think, to a lot of people. But my definition would be, um, the amount of connections it, it creates, the amount of friendships, the amount of interactions it creates between audience members is like what I would measure uh, a community's worth to be. Um, and I think that's a good metric to 
kind of understand it because, you know, obviously that's, yeah, that is what a lot of people crave. We see loneliness is on the rise. So if you can provide that to people, like there's so much fan equity, I guess, that you can, you can glean from that. I mean, people are going to be willing to give you more money to whatever it is, buy your merch. I mean, if you can provide a friendship to someone, that's uh, worth a lot as far as um, what a consumer is willing to do for a specific brand or media outlet. Um, so yeah, basically creating those those digital buff funnels is, is what I'll cover uh, next week. And um, you can check out uh, my website, pattynever.com, and read the full article. It's called The Friendship Funnel um, Machine, or whatever the fuck I call it, Friendship Funnel Machine. And um, yeah, the idea, again, just to recap, is that these podcasts, Niche Media, has a huge leg up um, to compete and demolish mass media, legacy media, by leveraging the fact that they're automatic, automatic interest sorters and therefore teeming with possibilities to connect people that have similar interests and similar experiences across the world. But um, the facilitation of that is really lacking right now because I don't think that anyone's concentrating on um, creating ways in which people can do that. I mean, no one's going to go on Facebook and be like, you know, hey, I'm 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 Patrick O'Laughlin and I'm from Boston and I like this podcast. Hey, group of people that like this podcast, like it's just just weird. No one does that in real life. It's really awkward. So um, you got to do it in a more natural way that mirrors how you would meet someone in real life. Um, so all right, we'll cover that next week. If uh, if you hate me, if you you know want to jizz on me, uh, you can email me at Patty Never. At nope, that's not it. It's uh, Patrick at pattynever.com, P-A-T-T-Y, never.com. All right. Thanks for listening, Chuck.